highlights from the run-in wrestling podcast from last week. There are so many people out there trying to do Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Bobby's not trying to do Ric Flair. He's not trying to be Ric Flair. Right. But it's an homage to Flair. I, just, I will not be happy, Kevin Owens, until you take your shirt off. <laughs> and you perform with that big fat belly. <laughs> I'll be happy if you keep it on. Belly as big as mine out there. I want to see it flopping around like a fish, you freak show. Bring it on, Kevin. Take the shirt off. Quit being a sissy. Quit being Ric Flair at the very last episode of Nitro. Well, I will tell you that the entire Superdome wanted to walk with Elias. That guy was over. We were chanting. He was insulting us in song. And we still loved it. Still loved it. Because I'm such a social media prostitute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a social media prostitute. I don't even know how to... I don't know how to close the show. We're just done. When you hear that music, it can only mean one thing. That means there's going to be a run-in, people. There's going to be a run-in. It's the Run-In Wrestling Podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to another show. Thank you so much. My name is Joseph Reed, along with my lovely co-host, Dawn Secourt. You know, I feel like every time that I say your name, I worry that I'm saying Dawn. (laughs) As in (laughs) D-O-N. It's not sounding like that, right? No, not at all. Okay. Dawn. Dawn. Okay, that's better. It's got to be two syllables for it to work, obviously. Dawn. (laughs) That's a southern way of saying things. Add an extra syllable. Episode three, y'all. We are here. Thank you so much for uh, being with us and for uh, enjoying this or trying. I'm not sure you'll enjoy it, but at least you're listening, you know, which uh, which is a big thing. And I hope that you've went over and liked our Facebook page. If not, make sure to do that. If you're listening, go over to Facebook and just search for the Run-In Wrestling Podcast. You'll find us and click like. We would appreciate that. We're just getting started there. And you can also find us on Twitter. I'll talk about that here in a few minutes. If you want to uh, tweet us or twat us. Twitter is a hotbed for wrestling. Are you on Twitter, Dawn? I am. In fact, I just saw a, a tweet come through from Cody Rhodes, but I was blocked from viewing it because of my security settings. Apparently, it's some sensitive information. Ooh. You have been blocked. <laughs> I wonder why nobody's using that. That'd be a good T-shirt. You it have been blocked. Be. Yes. Huh. Maybe we need a gimmick of a social media guru. A Mark Zuckerberg, uh, what was that little pipsqueak manager back in the day that hankled? Uh, oh, Finkel. Yeah, yeah. Why can't we think of it? Last week on the show, we had, of course, you didn't hear it, but I had to edit out so many times where we could, where we lost names. It's like Dawn, Dawn and I <laughs> <laughs> uh, were, were having, we were having problems. What was this Finkel? I think it's Harold. That's ha- it. Howard. Harold. Harry Finkel. Whoever it is. Howard need, Finkel. Okay. We, we need a pipsqueak like that, right? <laughs> Who is, uh, 
who, who can get the gimmick over of you you have been blocked i mean if jericho can have a list then we can we can block you <laughs> Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed our show. We covered uh, WrestleMania on the last show. Of course, both of these shows uh, dropped the same week. So you can hear our WrestleMania thoughts and opinions, as well as the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. A lot of big things happened. We talked about it. If you haven't heard the show, go on over and do that. You'll like it. And, of course, the first show, uh, which uh, we kind of talk about some wrestling, but we also kind of tell you a little bit about ourselves so you can get to know us. We're nobodies, basically. So. <laughs> Just like all of you. <laughs> Just like every one of you listening to this in your mother's basement, eating Cheetos in your underwear. Thank you for listening to the show, for God's sake. And we appreciate you stealing the neighbor's internet to listen. <laughs> Oh, man, a lot happened this week. This was the big superstar shakeup on uh, WWE's Raw and SmackDown. Of course, every year this happens where people get tossed back and forth like garbage. But before we get to that, let's, uh, we can kind of, you know, well, you know, let's, let's just talk about that as we go. Because as we talk about Raw, we can probably bring up some of the switches that happened. And so you'll hear some of it now. And then we'll kind of go over who went back and forth, if you don't know, and we'll give our opinions on that. Uh, by the way, our opinions are uh, not worth any money, and they do not matter. But it sure is fun. So it starts out, you got uh, Jinder Mahal. We talked about him becoming the U.S. champion at uh, Mania and how both you and I didn't anticipate that to happen. But now we know why. Yes, it was brilliant. It so was. Jinder Mahal comes out and does his big talking and ranting and raving. Good talker. And Jeff Hardy comes out for the challenge. Jeff Hardy. Man, if, if I had all the time in the world to devote to understanding the writing concepts, I would have not guessed that Jeff Hardy would have challenged. But... Like you said, it was genius, and with Jeff Hardy wearing the U.S. title, it brings a lot of validity to it because the U.S. title is not hot right now. But it also explains why Rusev could not win it at Mania. He would right. have had to lose it to Jeff Hardy, and Rusev is so over that it couldn't happen. Right. So it all makes perfect sense now. And it was a rather short match, too, I thought, for a title match. but It was, and what was more interesting, I thought, was... Tuesday night, the following night on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Who shows up? Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. What about that? It's just a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of shaking, a whole lot of shaking going on there. <laughs> and then <coughs> we found out in the show that, of course, um, it, it wasn't long, I think it was in the first segment of WWE Raw that we found out that Natalia was going to be um, coming to, to Raw. And so Natalia actually fought, which I was happy that she made the move to Raw. That was fun. I like her. Yeah, I like her a lot, too. She she adds so much to the product. I mean, it, um, her character's, you know, a little bit shallow, but mm -hmm. she's fun to hate. Mm -hmm. She's, uh, you know, in front, of the, in front of the camera. She prims and mm -hmm. primps and acts yeah. like this kind of goddessy lady. Yeah. And uh, then backstage, she's helping everybody out. You know, did you ever, uh, were you ever into her dad, 
the Anvil Neidhart, Jim the Anvil? No, back in that time, I was watching NWA Mid-Atlantic Championship yeah. Wrestling. So, I was always back and forth. And then especially when w, uh, WWE uh, started doing the music and uh, releasing the, the, the theme music on uh, cassette tape. I remember going to Hill's department store and buying it. Um, so I, I was back and forth, but man, Jim, the anvil Nightheart was, was a great worker. And, uh, some people mistakenly think that she is Bret Hart's daughter. That's incorrect. She is Jim, the anvil Nightheart's daughter. And that's, uh, Bret Hart's niece. Is that right? Um, or is there a her, relation? There? His wrestling niece. I see. Yeah. His work niece. <laughs> But uh, I thought it was cool that she came in as Kurt was talking to Rhonda, you know, and then there was a hug, right? Right. And so it has the look right now of her coming in as as a baby face uh, because later on you see Natalia get attacked. We can go over that in detail later perhaps. And then who comes to help her? Rhonda. Yeah. So, uh, and they kind of, you know, high-five each other. But it was kind of cool to see that happen because uh, it's it's almost making her look like a baby face, but I don't know if that's on purpose for her to take a heel turn on Rhonda and be Rhonda's next opponent. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but I do think that she would be a great match for Rhonda mm -hmm. um, as far as just working together and showing her the ropes and mm -hmm. just teaching her how the WWE and the wrestling world operates. Mm -hmm. It's all new to Rhonda. Yeah. You had uh, Bailey, the sweetheart Bailey, going against Sasha Banks. It was a pretty interesting match. And of course, uh, the match ends in a no contest because. We had some people do a run-in. Run in. Yes. <laughs> the Riot Squad showed up yep. and uh, laid it out on uh, Sasha Banks, right? But before we, before we go on to them, the match itself was a really solid match. Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt like it was really aggressive. Mm -hmm. uh, Bailey was doing some stuff outside of the ring that, that I don't tend to see from her. And, yeah, and she dived through the ropes and suplexing. stuff, and, yeah. 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 So I, I did think it was a great match itself. And then, uh, of course, the Riot squad runs in, and um, Ruby Riot tends to end things, which I love. <laughs> I love her look, her kind of nasty demeanor. She's nasty. <laughs> She's nasty. That's what we say up here. For I have to say, for a minute, I thought Bailey was maybe going to join the right squad. I did too, and we talked. We've we've hinted at this earlier, but I think we're both convinced that it would be damaging if she turned heel because she is such a uh, such a John Cena ish figure, and she comes out, and all the little girls are <laughs> screaming, the little eight year old girls, mm -hmm. and she's hugging them. It would be devastating to turn her heel, but it would be cool at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't know. This could lead to them. Uh, patching things up and it could could lead to uh, some tagging um, and you have a little theory about all these women showing up because we're seeing you know you got the iconics and and then you have the riot squad and and you have several several other ladies now coming in and you've got a little theory about that I mean there's bringing in so many women mm -hmm. all of a sudden 
And, yeah. you know, I want to say they're underutilized talent. Yeah. But the fact is, there's not room to use all of those women. No. They're going to have to go somewhere. And I really think that they're building up to a women's tag team division, which I don't think I've ever seen a women's tag team division. Um, but I, I think they've got the star power to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it looks like that uh, I'm sure that the Banks and Bailey feud will continue uh, through the probably the next pay-per-view, perhaps, and we'll see that again. The Riot Squad is uh, now officially with Raw. And then we had the AOP. Authors of Pain. Still not sold on them yet. Looks like that they are barring Roman Reigns' uh, old wardrobe to come out <laughs> to the ring in. Uh, the Authors of Pain, <laughs> Heath Slater and Rhino, right? Yep. Um, I saw the Authors of Pain debut uh, live. I was there live in uh, New Orleans when they debuted. Mm -hmm. And uh, they beat up Heath Slater and Rhino pretty badly. Yeah. And so here was their rematch, and they basically came out and did the same thing. Basically destroyed them again. Man, you see them throwing those guys around. I mean, they're strong guys, hard workers. It looks like uh, they're trying to bring some more legit tag team and, of course, you know, that Paul Elring tease occurred, and so uh, Paul oh, Elring is gone. I, I, when I saw him come, I thought, man, I hope he sticks around a little bit. It would have been kind of like a Dutch Mantel. Yep, I did love Paul Elring. I was hoping he'd stick around, yeah. too, but yeah, nope, they let him go. Well, uh, I noticed a lot of the uh, people that matter, not us, uh, on the internet <laughs> that grade this stuff actually gave this match a pretty low grade of uh, like a C, C minus. Uh, I think it's just because they're getting in there and just killing people and then leaving. You know, sure. Just kind of like a squash. Yeah, there's not much of a storyline yeah. going on. There's just um, just a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> That's because they're the authors of it. <laughs> Uh, then a really, really cool thing happened. I thought it was one of my favorite things when uh, the Miz came out with the Miz Taraj, and of course it was announced that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to be coming to Raw, even though Kurt Angle said no. We found out that Stephanie sent an email. <laughs> <laughs> she sent a Western Union down there to the WWE, <laughs> uh, letting them know that she is overturning Kurt's uh, decision to say no to them, and she's saying yes and welcome, welcoming them to Raw. I could have thought of a, you know, at least three different ways to uh, bring them to Raw without just an email saying, no matter what what you say, I say they can be here. It does, it does kind of uh, nod to the corporate access mm -hmm. of of everything. I mean, mm -hmm. that's. If you're in the corporate world, that's how things go down. And that's true. Maybe that's how they were trying to play it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Pretty simple. Um, after they had that match last week, uh, the, the, the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn wrestled each other to see if they could, uh, which one. You know, Kurt said, hey, I can't have you both, but I can have one of you. Whoever wins your match will stay. And it ended up... Uh, being a no contest or a draw, if you will. Wasn't an in-ring countout? <laughs> Something yeah. along those lines. Don't even get me started on that stupid finish. <laughs> it was an in-ring Rocky Balboa <laughs> count to ten because they were both laid down on the mat. <laughs> 
in which I can give you 70 matches where there, there are two people down on the mat for more than 10 seconds, and it never gets counted. But it is what it is. I would have done an outside-the-ring count out there. You know, of course, uh, who am I? But then it was uh, very interesting because Kurt then announced that The Miz was going to smack down, but The Miz Tourage was not. That was fabulous. It was a great move. I love it. Me too. I'm really hoping that they do something with Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel. You've always had that Bo Dallas crush. I, I have no crushes. <laughs> no, seriously. I really, since I was a child, if somebody said, oh, you just think the wrestlers are hot. No, I resent that. It makes me furious. Uh, and I just never have been like that. Yeah. I'm married to the greatest guy on the planet. I don't yeah. need to crush on some. Yeah, okay. Dudes. She crushes on him. <laughs> no. Subliminally. It's 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 a, it's an innocent one. It's a it's a rest it's a it's a it's a work is what it is. It's a work crush. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see something happen. Both of them are good workers. And uh then of course they announced that uh you know, the Miz would be leaving and and he said, "Well, this will make that show the the best show." Instead of this show. And so an interesting thing, at Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, the crowd was chanting Axelmania. I don't know if you guys could hear it, Mm -hmm. but um, they were going crazy with Axelmania. And I thought it was so cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So then the 10-man tag was uh, initiated. And uh, we can talk about that in a second. You had uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus... The Revival. <laughs> okay, I love The Revival. <laughs> I know most people just can't stand them. They're but okay. I love their the old schoolness of them. I mean, they just remind me of, of Arn and Arn Anderson and Ole Anderson. That's cool. Maybe Tully Blanchard a little bit. You yeah. know, I love the old schoolness of it. Yeah, well, they're good. The The match uh, was, was pretty much as you would expect it. How do you think that uh, the work of Matt Hardy is in the ring? Well, you know, Matt's getting a little older mm-hmm. these days. Um, I still think he's really solid in the ring, though. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Yeah. Hardy and White hit a two-man version of the Twist of Fate, which was cool. Oh, that was beautiful. It was a very cool match. I liked it. I think, uh, I think it's good for Bray and Matt to be together. I think that they're going to do this for a while. But it'll eventually probably lead to a feud of the two. Yeah, definitely will. Which would be fun. Man, Matt Hardy, this char- this weird character he's doing, um, as odd as it is, every time I see it, I'm digging it. And it's as cheesy as it can be. It really is absurd. It um, is t- I mean, that is loosely. <laughs> the, t- the absurdity is, I mean, it is so far-fetched and, and weird. And you think Bray Wyatt is not that, but but literally Bray Bray Wyatt is uh, less weird than this guy. <laughs> He's just dark. I think that's really the only difference. Like Matt is bizarre and wild, and and you know, it's almost like uh, someone who has just went crazy, right? Yep. And they're living in this fantasy world. And that, that's kind of what I see. And he's, uh, he does great with this stuff. Great. So when they hit the, um, the twist of fate, the double twist of fate there, mm-hmm. uh, that got them the pin, and now they're headed to the Greatest Royal Rumble for the title tournament. Mm-hmm. So that'll be great. 
Will be. Looking forward to that. We'll see what happens uh, with these championships. There's a lot of, not only people, not only the shake-up with the superstars, but the, the championships. There's a lot of shaking up there, and I think it will continue to happen. Mickey James versus Ember Moon. As soon as you uh, know that Mickey is uh, going to wrestle Ember Moon, <laughs> uh, you know that Mickey James is going to lose. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know Mickey's going to lose. Uh, I don't know. It l looks like Mickey's been put into a role of putting people over right now. That's cool, whatever it is. You know, Rusev was there not long ago losing a few matches. Yep. I mean, I think you can put it in a leadership position. Even, That's true. You know, people like Mickey, people like uh, Natalia. Sometimes they're just out there to get the other guys going and, mm -hmm. and, and do it. I've I've been curious, though, why was Mickey James and still is with Alexa? I, Alexa never needed her. Mm-mm. You know, she's a great talker. She's, she's great. Physically fantastic in the mm -hmm. ring. Just always wondered why was Mickey with her. Um, I think that it's just to legitimize her heel role right now because she came in uh, not quite that. And I think, mm -hmm. I think with uh, Alexa, it kind of legitimized her. And they may have, uh, I don't know, that they may have had to build that relationship for something they're writing later. But, but yeah, it does, does seem, it did seem kind of weird. And as you can see, there's nothing necessary because uh, at WrestleMania, Nia came out and squashed Mickey, and she had zero to do with their match. So obviously, she's not, not necessarily needed. Right. We might see that kind of fade away here. I don't know. So another big announcement that they made is how they're going to do pay-per-views from now on. Mm -hmm. They're no longer going to be brand-specific. Mm -hmm. They're going to be co-branded. So I'm curious as to see how that's going to affect the performers. Are they going to start doing double the amount of pay-per-views mm. so that everybody gets a shot? Or uh, are they going to be much longer pay-per-views? Or how? I'm wondering how they're going to do that. Well, with bringing in new, new talent, I don't know how in the world they could uh, do a show and, <laughs> and not increase the time of it. Yeah. by a couple of matches, or uh, I don't think they'll increase the pay-per-views. But I'll t they started doing this, if I remember correctly, and if I, I, may, I might be wrong, but they started doing this the last time that the brands were split, and it wasn't long, maybe a year or so, before there was no brand split anymore. Uh, everything was unified. So it's very... Very, I'm very suspicious as to why they're doing that. I think it's a good move. I, I was, I don't know why is it that you, why do you always look at SmackDown as number two? Because of the history of Raw, maybe? Yeah, or do I, you look at it as number two, the number two show? I don't. I mean, the only reason we see it as the B show, I think, is because they keep saying it's the B show. Mm -hmm. It's not the A show. And uh, so I, I really they're never selling seen it, it as that, maybe. Yep. I think they are for sure. I certainly haven't really seen it that way. Mm. As far as talent, um, they have great talent on it's SmackDown. It's shorter. Yep. <laughs> it's only two uh, two live hours. That's true. Instead of three. I don't know what they're going to do there, but it's very interesting to uh, to know how they're going to do it. I like that they're bringing the brands together, though, for the pay-per-views because I, I don't like the split brands. You know, sometimes I want to see 
I want to see a fight from the other guys when I know that the whole uh, the whole card is full of raw or vice versa. So I'm glad that they're uh, combining them. I mean, I think every most wrestling fans are watching both programs. Mm-hmm. You're not sold out to Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people are watching both. And when we pay for a pay-per-view, we want to see the best of both. We want to mm-hmm. see the absolute best of the best. Yeah. So to... to Split them up like that. I don't know. It always seemed a little cheesy to me. So I like it better when they're combined. I do too. I do too. Uh, the from from Bleacher Report, the uh, the Mickey James versus Ember Moon match got a D plus. Ouch. Yeah. The, and and let me mention here that Nia Jax came to the commentary team, uh, and Alexa Bliss was supposed to join her, but she didn't show up. Right. <laughs> And then, so you had Alexa Bliss cutting this promo from backstage about how Jax is a bully, and uh, then Nia stated the match. So, so you were a little less focused on the match anyway, which could have had something to do with its, uh, with what most people on the internets are saying that it was a poor match. But uh, obviously, Ember wins. I didn't see that match. Yeah. That's how much she liked it. <laughs> I'm really anxious to see what they do with Ember Moon. She's just exciting and charismatic. When, mm-hmm. when they introduced her at um, Raw, the place went nuts. Um, and, you know, she has those cool eye, the cool contact lenses that make her eyes color. Oh, my gosh, and yes. Then, did you notice Seth Rollins came out with the super, super bright eyes? Mm-hmm. They're wearing stuff. Yeah. They're wearing stuff. They have work eyes. Uh, Let me tell you something that I didn't really particularly care for Alexa Bliss's promo. Um, Alexa Bliss should be ticked off right now, okay? She should be mad. She should be like, this is ridiculous. I'm upset. I want my rematch. Or, you you know, she should be just throwing shade uh, because she is a heel and she is the bad girl. But instead, she shoots this, oh, oh please feel sorry for me promo that I'm a victim of a bully. I, I would have rather have seen her just ticked off and throw some, uh, throw some anger out there. But it, was, it wasn't really that way. Yeah, but you know, everybody knows somebody in their life who's a professional victim. In mm-hmm. every situation, oh, I was treated wrong. Oh, the pastor said the wrong thing, or you know, my friends at work, or I didn't get the promotion. Because... I know a lot of professional victims. Then, for God's sake, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for bringing that into perspective. A ton of them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the match. Uh, of course, they're having uh, Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss uh, gearing up for their continued feud. Look forward to that. Dolph Ziggler is a heel. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Always should be a heel, probably. Um, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre join Raw, and uh, I was kind of curious about your thoughts of Drew McIntyre coming over. Nice looking dude. He is uh, big, and it looks like he's going to be. Uh, my thoughts are he'll be tagging. Sounds like you got a crush on him. <sighs> I will not confirm or deny. <laughs> But but he is a big deal, man, from NXT, and, and the, the crowd was over when he came out. He snuck in the match, and uh, I kind of sensed a uh, Dolph, Ziggler, uh, a Dolph Ziggler thing with Drew McIntyre. I'd I, love to see I, that. I, I, I kind of sensed a, 
Send something there to where those two would be working together? Maybe not. Some people don't transfer well from NXT. You know, they're big stars there, but they try to move over and it, or move We've up. We've seen that. doesn't really happen. And it doesn't work, yeah. But, but I think he probably has it. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. He's exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hate Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> That's right. He's so good. Came out trash talking. Roman yeah. Reigns comes out to uh, the proverbial sea of booze. <laughs> talking about, again, Don... The champion is not here again tonight, but I am. It's getting old to me. Oh, I know we got to be year. patient with these. St- <laughs> it was old last year. Uh, but just, uh, just, but just when you think that, the, the, now here's where I'm confused. Maybe I've missed something here, okay? But I'm just going to be honest with you. Samoa Joe comes out on Raw the second week. Saying it backlash, it's me and you, Roman, and uh, you know does a good, a dang good uh, promo. But then he gets moved to SmackDown, right? Right. But they're supposed to find it backlash. Well, so can you have uh, SmackDown people fighting Raw people, or is it just? SmackDown matches and Raw matches. Have I missed this? No, you know that's an interesting point. Um, how are they going to do that? How yeah. are th- I mean, how are you going to have feuds between the two different brands? I get the the commingling of the pay per view where you have, you know, guys doing a match from Raw and guys doing a match from SmackDown, mm-hmm. where each of them has a rivalry. But it, I've never seen a cross brand rivalry. Right. So I don't yeah. know how that's going to work, or either. if it's going to work. Yeah. But he promised again to put him away at Backlash, and uh, uh, there's a big chant of Roman sucks. And uh, one of the cool things that Joe said was, you haven't got the job done with Brock, and you never will get the job done. This is a good promo. I enjoyed it. And he said he was going to put the big dog to sleep. And we do want to see that, honestly. (laughs) Please put him to sleep. (laughs) And we like Roman. We do. He's He's got all of the parts, right? Yep. Well, I've not seen all his parts, but, actually. But I'm sure they're there. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't count Roman Reigns' parts around here. Uh, the, next, the next match, uh, Natalia, who we talked about earlier against Mandy Rose, and we all know that... Uh, uh, Natty can put on a match, man. There's just she is uh, she is a great worker in the ring. She had kind of uh, hung around with Ronda Rousey backstage before. They kind of sold it that they knew each other because they used to kind of train together. And of course, I'm, that's obviously a work. And uh, because they're developing a friendship, they have something planned with these two. You think uh, you think WWE went to Ronda and said, "Who do you who would you like to work with?" Or uh, do you think that it's just like, hey, we think this would be good? Yeah, I think they probably were like, hey, this would be a great idea. Um, hmm. I'm sure Rhonda is not afraid to speak her mind. Doesn't seem like it. No. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's just done great stuff so far, and she's had one match. So um, I, I think uh, they probably paired her with Natty because... Natty's great at showing the ropes, teaching you how it goes, and you know it could turn into a great rivalry. Yeah. Absolutely. Or a great tag team. Either way. Either way. Be fun. I'm really excited about that. Um, is it Neville? 
Uh, the the girl yeah. who came out to uh, uh, Sasha Dasha. Well, she's one of my favorites, and now I can't remember her name. Natalia. She's the one who ambushed uh, Natalia after the match. Right. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, so Ronda Rousey came. Sonia Deville. Sonia, thank you. Sonia Deville uh, came in and ambushed Natalia and started beating the snot out of her. Ronda Rousey came out charging into the ring and uh, started laying down the uh, MMA punch punch combination and then uh, saved the day with Natalia. And her and Natalia go to the back. So there's yeah, something going on there. And Sonia Deville's whole gimmick is all about that MMA background and mm-hmm. everything. To see her come out and just get demolished is wonderful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, I think but we I will. But I like those had... girls. I, I like Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville. I think that the, I think they're great. I, I like these. <laughs> so tell me, um, if you were to put together a modern day four horseman, oh, who would it be? Bobby Roode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you mentioned him first. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, I think it's just a flair reference. And he's, you know, he gives such a such acknowledgement to flair in his own character right now. Yeah. Um, of course he doesn't have that insane charisma that that Rick Flair has. Um, right. but but I think he'd be good. Uh so we got Bobby Roode. This this might take weeks in design. No, you can change this. it. You can change it. It's right. a show. Just the who would be who would be Arn Anderson the Enforcer? I mean, uh, yeah, Arn. Titus O'Neil. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, worldwide. Uh, you could have Cesaro there. Cesaro would be. Oh, he'd be a great Enforcer. He would. Yep. And so, who would be Tully? Tully kind of. I always, I always mm. saw Tully as sort of the, this smaller guy. He's not a huge guy. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a, average sized guy, but mm-hmm. he just had great skill and in, in the ring and, a huge huge ego. The Miz. The Miz. Oh, the Miz. The Miz could be Tully. Yep. The Miz could have baby doll totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He is he is that egomaniacal. So you have the and Miz. And he's already he's got built in Maurice. Yeah, yeah. You have the Miz, you have Cesaro, you have Bobby Roode, <laughs> and who else? Well, who are we trying to replace in that last spot in the horse? Well, yeah, I there mean, were so who many. is Roode? Who did you replace Roode with? I don't know. I, was he your flair character? I kind of put him as flair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see, honest to God, I could see the Miz being a flair character Yeah, as well, I so. think Miz fits better there. His, his uh, charisma is just out. So now you just kind of need, depending on which era, you kind of need your Ole, <laughs> your Luger, your Wyndham. So kind of just the guy. Your Paul Roma. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I honest to God thought Paul Roma, but I said, I'm not going to say that out loud. (laughs) What a waste of a life. My God. We're going to introduce the new horseman, Paul Roma. Are you kidding me? Jesus, God Almighty, help us all, Father. 
That was a tragedy. I remember being open mouth disappointed when that happened. Who was your best horseman? Your that that fourth wheel, I call it the uh, the Oli, the Barry Wyndham, Lex Luger. Uh, you even had Jeff Jarrett in there yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, I think my favorite probably was Wyndham, um, of the replacements, mm -hmm. Wyndham. Um, but did you remember that? Sting was a horseman. I remember. There's several like little in and out horseman people. Yeah. We need to find out all who who all these horsemen people were. But we'll come and find out there are actually two hundred and sixty seven horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I didn't even know about the horsewomen, so who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. Brazango. Oh boy. What do you think about this? What are they gonna do with these guys? The fashion police. I think Tyler Breeze, uh Probably needs to go work at Sonic. Oh, we love Tyler at my and house. And then, then, uh, Fandango. Fan the the. Every time I, I want to cuss. Every time I fan uh, damn fang. Don't say it backwards, <laughs> people. Uh, yeah, no, I I like to. I've I've not been crazy about where they put Tyler Breeze. His work is way better than than um, his gimmicks, man. Yeah, I I, I was his the gimmick. Uh, when he first showed up on the scene and and had the, you know had had the who was it that came to the ring with him? Uh, had a young lady come to the ring with him and he had the the selfie stick and and had the uh, the feathers on his pants and you know he's person <laughs> he was just so annoying but but it, it was like this guy could be a good heel but they never put him in a good place and now he's in the fashion police. And he's got the selfie stick back out. Which I mean, it's a it's a good comic relief bit, I it suppose. Is. Yeah. But the guys are both really good in the ring, and I hate to to see it kind of played off as a joke. But I, that, I kind of feel like it has to be there because in a show, any kind of program, there have to be, you know, events that that happen at, they're at a ten at mm. an energy level, and you have to have a two and a four and. And there has to be that variation, or just if everything's at a 10, mm -hmm. you lose interest quickly. And that yeah, actually brings me to Carmella. I was thinking about that mm -hmm. as I was watching her the other night. I love watching her. I yeah. love watching her talk. She's fun in the ring. Yeah. She's not great yet right. in the ring. But she's fun to watch. She's got that whole attitude, the ego. She's not afraid of anything. She's not afraid to say anything. She's mm -hmm. almost the female Enzo character. Um, but... She does everything at a 10. And I just kept ho hoping she would pull it back just a little bit, just mm -hmm. a little bit. Give us a little variation there so we could really sink in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I would like to see. I'm, I'm kind of bored when I see Tyler Breeze show up. So maybe this will. It's obviously no fault of his. Uh, his he's a great worker. And um, they had him actually. Remember those matches with him and Dolph Ziggler? They were really good matches. Yeah. Well, very, anything very with Ziggler is, is great. Uh, you know, we've always heard Flair could put over a broom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think the same goes for Ziggler. One of the best sellers out there for sure. Oh, yeah. So, I, so I put him at number one. Yeah. For That's selling. good. Awesome. Well, then you had your 10-man uh, tag, the main event, which was uh, your Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Finn <laughs> Balor, Braun Strowman. And Bobby Roode versus Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, The Miz, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas. This, of course, introduced Bobby Roode is coming over to Raw. And uh, the match was, was it was, you know, real. Uh, Roode came in, 
as the uh, mystery partner for the babyface team. And uh, you had your uh, good guys win via pinfall. Um, so let me tell you, I mean, the match was okay, but let me tell you uh, what I, I think is going to happen. I think that, that Braun Strowman is their long-term guy. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think he's gonna. I think they have him being the guy. I don't know if it's gonna be by mania, or two manias, but he's getting ready. To, he he's within a couple years of being on the cover of the game. I mean, I think this is gonna be their guy, because they're it seems like they're selling him as the guy that can can accomplish all this. You know, he had the, you know, won the tag championships by himself. He's, you know, they're really putting him over, and. Uh, He's larger than life, but I can, you know, they're keeping they're keeping him moving from angle to angle, and I just feel like that they're uh, prepping him for something. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know if you've seen him in interviews outside of the company, but man, he's just really likable. Mm -hmm. He's funny. He's endearing. He comes across as a warm human being, like yes. you you would hang out with this guy. Did you see that someone had found his a tent, his real life Tinder account when he first came? No. Yes. <laughs> When he first when he first came to the WWE, uh, someone had found his real life Tinder account. Like they were matched with him, and it was it was they found out it was legit his Tinder account. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I'm you waiting gotta, for the punchline. <laughs> no, you, the only way I could tell you is Google it. Google Braun Strowman's <laughs> Tinder account and look at the pictures. That's all I'm saying. They're they're not inappropriate. I'm just saying that they're. Mr. Softy, <laughs> and you got this big beast animal that's killing everybody on his little Tinder page, <laughs> looking all fluffy. <laughs> so check that out, and and if you didn't know that, you check it out and thank me later. Any thoughts on this? Uh, when you, when you get ten men in a ring, you can pretty much count me out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean you just lose everybody at that Jesus. point. Yeah. It's and that's the problem with battle royals too. Is is when you have so many people, there's so much going on. You don't want to miss anything, but it's like, you know, looking at the same computer screen all day long at work. You start your eyes start to cross, and yeah. you lose what's going on. Well, and and think about this: the most the the biggest thing I look forward to in a battle royal is when when you don't know who's coming in next. Yeah. When they do the royal rumble, yeah, they and do it could the be a surprise, down. or somebody could be coming back, or it could be a classic wrestler. That's the biggest thing. It's not the work in the ring. It's uh, you know. It's, it's nothing particular, but when it gets down to the last five or, or three, I'm in. But until then, mm -hmm. it just is what it is. Yeah, agreed. But the match was was it was. I, I'm actually on their Facebook page. I'm going to post up the uh, Bleach Report or Bleacher Report of SmackDown because I thought it was uh, some very good information. But basically, here's the list. Moving from Raw to SmackDown is The Miz, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, some uh, Oscar, the club, Big Cass. Oh boy, is he still there? And our truth moving to SmackDown. Is he? Are you sure? He seemed a little unsure as to where he was moving. I don't know That's if it's the our uh, truth or not, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God, moving yeah. from SmackDown to Raw. Jinder Mahal, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Ruby Riot, 
Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, Zach Ryder. Mm. I've always liked him. Fandango, Tyler Breeze, <laughs> Natalia, Dolph Ziggler, Mojo Raleigh, The Ascension, your favorite Baron Corbin, <laughs> Bobby Roode, Mike Kanellis, Chad Gable. Uh, coming in from NXT to Raw is Drew McIntyre. And coming in from NXT to SmackDown is five. Zelina Vega, Andrade Almas. I've totally mispronounced that. Alexander Wolf, Eric Young, and Killian Dane. Really excited about Eric Young and those guys coming over. What is that? Andra- and- I don't even know who that is. <laughs> it's you, because I can't pronounce it. You better ask somebody. But when I see them, I'll know. <laughs> but anyway, it's n- nothing, uh, nothing made me think, uh, wow, really, with any of these changes. Yeah. Uh, I like them. I think uh, I think they all were good, positive changes for the company. I was, uh, I predicted uh, on last week's show that uh, Charlotte would go over to Raw and Oscar would come over to SmackDown. But it looks like Charlotte and Oscar are both on SmackDown, which is cool. So I wonder who's going to go after that beautiful SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte's going to try to get it back. Might fail. And you kind of thought, you know, you've got this women's tag team division thing um, in your head. I do. And I think I think they're going to have to do it. And uh, you also mentioned, uh, and, and the Internet's kind of buzzing about no women's matches being announced for Saudi Arabia. And you kind of told me earlier off mic that uh, you're not sure it's allowed. Maybe it's not allowed. Maybe they're, well, not that it's not allowed, but that they're not, the Saudis aren't allowing the women to wrestle. Yeah, it could be just a, a cultural issue that, that they don't want to see women like that. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they're portrayed differently over there. Yeah. And um, they're strong and powerful and gorgeous and showing a lot of skin. And, yeah. and you know, the Saudis may just not, may not want to have that over there. Yeah, might not. Or, well, or, or they might have the introduction of the women's tag team. And do that in Saudi Arabia. That would be, can you imagine doing wow. it anywhere bigger? That would, that would be massive. Yeah. That would be, that, I hope that happens. Uh, we're going to post a little bit about SmackDown on Facebook. And obviously, I just want all of you guys to know, if you go to our page, uh, the Run-In Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, you can message us there. And feel free to banter with us if you want to message us, uh, give us your opinions. If you think we suck, you know, whatever it is, we'll talk to you. But just don't mention that you think I have a crush on any wrestlers. Yeah, we won't. She don't have a, she doesn't have, she has a work crush <laughs> in character. We will not put Dawn in the place of saying she has a legitimate crush because we wouldn't <laughs> want Paul getting jealous at all. I think he would laugh, honestly. <laughs> he He'd would. be like, no, <laughs> nobody compared to this man. No one compares <laughs> to me. Andre the Giant, the HBO documentary, uh, uh, you and I both have watched it. Uh, we can. Uh, I want to close the show with this because it was very emotional. Everyone, If you've listened to the show, you know my wife, Brandy, is not a wrestling fan but she has somehow stumbled upon the Total Bellas reality show and has uh, become a kind of fan. 
And she watched the entire documentary with me, and we both uh, laughed and we both cried. It was very emotional. But before we get into, uh, you know, a little bit about what we thought of the documentary, you have an interesting story uh, about Andre the Giant that you want to bring up. I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, and I'm also very happy that I was able to witness Andre live front row ringside at a WWF television taping and literally I got to you know pat the back of Hulk Hogan when he was outside of the ring and Andre the Giant walked right by me and literally scared me to death he was so big wow he was so big it was Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant versus the Hart Foundation it was great so I'm proud to say I saw Andre live and up close and it frightened me I probably peed on myself <laughs> But, Dawn, you have a story on it. Can imagine Andre me. peeing on himself? Can we imagine that? So uh, this co-worker, I work in the hospitality industry. I'm actually an accountant in the hospitality industry. And uh, a co-worker used to work in Florida. And I think it was the Hyatt Regency um, I have to go back and look at my notes. But he was telling this story about the guys down there. It was the mid-80s. And there was a, a local auditorium where they wrestled regularly. Well, Andre came into the bar one night with a woman friend. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting at one end of the bar. And at the other end of the bar was Bob Barker. <laughs> what? Bob Barker. So, you know, Price is Right. The Price is Right. Bob, Bob Barker. Barker. Okay. So he's sitting there all tanned up and white-haired and, and being Bob Barker, surrounded by beautiful women. And Bob had had a little bit to drink that evening. Yeah. So he was trying to amuse the women around him. So he looks up at Andre across the bar and starts making fun of him. Starts talking about how big his head is. Don, is this for real? This is true. This is 100% oh. true. I went back and checked the timeline the guy gave me and, and the auditorium that they wrestled in. I went and verified everything. Wow. <clears throat> so he, he looks across at Andre, starts making fun of Andre. His size, the size of his head. Mm -hmm. He'd just make ugly comments. But he didn't know who Andre the Giant was. He had no idea who this guy was. Yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. So he's, uh, Andre's down there, and, and the woman he's with is really getting upset, and Andre's telling her, you know what, I'll take care of it. She's like, no, no, Andre, just let it go. It's okay. Well, Andre just had enough. So he gets up, walks to the end of the bar, gets behind Bob Barker's bar stool and turns it around. Yes. Grabs Bob Barker by the face. And lifts him out of the bar stool. <laughs> and he says, I think you owe my friend an apology. You're not being very nice. Wow. And he sets him back down in the chair. And Bob Barker may have peed himself that day. I'm oh, not God. sure. You mentioned that earlier. The price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> the price is wrong. So the end, end of that story is Bob Barker apologized. Wow over and over and over again and he said just 
everything's on me, whatever they want to have tonight. I'm I'm buying. I'm so sorry. I never meant to. I was just trying to make the girls laugh. Good. A new car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How cool is that? You hear a lot of stories about Andre, and, and uh, I really enjoy hearing Picked up Bob Barker like a Plinko chip. <laughs> That's really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. What a great story, man. Yeah. Watching the documentary really kind of put in perspective how how he struggled. When you saw him sitting on that airplane, taking up, you know, taking up three seats in the airplane yeah. and hunched over and he can't go to the bathroom in an airplane and he can't fit in a normal bathroom stall. I mean... How tough is your life when you're Andre the Giant and you're 500 pounds and you're seven foot four, and uh, and you can't you can't get around. Even a king size bed cannot accommodate you. It's insane. No, and Flair made mention to it. People just would not leave him alone. And you know, when I was at Mania and at the airport, there were wrestlers at the airport, and you know, people were leaving him alone. They'd yeah. say, "Hey, how you doing?" and then walk away. Yeah. But they just would not leave Andre alone. But I thought it was interesting that it tend to be the men would see Andre in public and be sort of terrified, mm-hmm. but women would just be enamored with him. Exactly. Yeah. Women would want to know, "My gosh, is this uh, how big is this guy's arm? How uh, look at how big his hand is compared to mine." And I think it's deeper than that. You know, women tend to to look a little bit beyond, and and he had emotionally, such, yeah. I mean, he had such a good personality and character and depth and warmth about him. Um, people wouldn't normally expect that, but I think when you're in public or you're seeing somebody face to face, that's a human being, you know. And you realized we all know Andre is a big star, but to see celebrities talk about him, of course, the the Princess Bride. Yeah. movie cast uh, talking about him and uh, just talking about how and Billy Crystal really did. They all just spoke so highly of Andre and how he was to work with. And you see the people who were caretakers of his ranch and uh, it, it was just very eye-opening to what he went through on a daily basis, how big of a star he was. And not only that, but how much he put his body through. How he broke into the business was kind of crazy. I never really knew it that way, but I thought it was interesting how he how he broke in the business and how he would, where he would work out, there'd be some wrestlers there. They were like, hey, you need to do what we're doing. And, right. and it was just that easy. And uh, they just threw him in a match. He said, I don't know what to do. But he did it anyway. And they said, I think you'll think of something. <laughs> You ain't got to do much. Look at you. But I thought it was uh, I thought it was really cool to see that transition of how uh, how Vince Senior brought him over to the WWE and yeah, how and sort of loaned him out to the territories. Very very clever. Yeah. That's what that's uh, that is so smart because he gets a cut of everything. Right. <laughs> you know, so Vince acquires him contractually. That's why we saw Andre. Uh, in mid-Atlantic uh, in the early days, or that's right. why we, he may have showed up in Memphis or anywhere because he was uh, such a big uh, a big draw 
But if he's just in one area, are you going to just keep coming back every weekend to see the same big guy over and over? So they sent him out, and uh, Vince Sr. was very brilliant, and he, he got a kick out of everywhere Andre was sent. And uh, so he was just a, he became a worldwide star. And then, of course, when, Hulk, when he put Hulk Hogan over in the famous WrestleMania three. Uh, was in you could just tell the pain he was in yeah in that match Uh, for many years i said that's my happy place (laughs) if something sad would happen in my life i'd go okay i'm going to my happy place that's wrestlemania 3 yeah where hogan dropped the giant wasn't that just i remember as a kid literally thinking it was physically impossible even though um hogan had already slammed him He'd been but slammed. just people didn't know that, right? You know, it was just in because it happened, you know, in dark matches, in dark matches, and and uh, and the territories, you and know, it was it never spoke of. No, nope. I think junkyard dog body slammed him. Yeah, there were yeah. several men who body slammed Andre, and it was so cool to see the guys talking about how Andre had to want you to succeed mm-hmm. in order for you to be able to slam him or work with him he in the did. ring. Yeah, he had to like you. He had to, and it, it seems seems that there were a handful that he did and respected, and with Hogan being one of them, it, it was just a, a remarkable transition. And, of course, Hogan was already a superstar, but when that happened, my gosh. That blew the lid off. It really sure. did. That was the slam heard around the world, and I remember it very well. I remember as a boy thinking, it's impossible for a person to slam Andre the Giant. Therefore, Hulk Hogan is the man. Yeah. And that put Hogan over to this little guy, man. I mean, and that made uh, him a superhero. It really did. And I still love Hogan. I love him. And I hope uh, I hate some of the choices he made and some of the words he used. But uh, I think he's, I really think he's a good guy. And uh, I look forward to him being back in the game. I, my gosh, you got to go to YouTube to watch anything. He's off the network. You can't even, you know, you can't even watch that m- match on the network. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Everything, every Hogan match is off. When after he was quote unquote banned for the wow uh, the N word. You know what? You know what I I I didn't really appreciate, and I know there's a reason that they did it this way. But in the in the Andre documentary, Hogan had such a large, large amount of time on the documentary itself. And just like, all right, enough with Hogan. It was almost like the WrestleMania three documentary for there for a while. But then um, Hogan was totally on there. It was good to see Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I would have saw Jim Ross. I did see a, uh, you know, some some footage of Jim Ross. I wish uh, it was good to see the king. On there, that was that was a surprise. It was good to see him. Uh, it would have been good to see Jim Ross and some others. I'm glad Flair was there. As I said, Ric Flair's an idiot, man. <laughs> you know he was here, what, March 30th or something? He was here. Or is it, was it March? Uh, it was March. It was right before Mania. Yeah, we're in Nashville, and he came for a meet and greet, and I couldn't do it. Well, I didn't know about it. I'm standing in a sub shop downtown nashville and a friend hits me up on uh, facebook messenger and says do you know flair's here and tells me where he was but we just couldn't get there it was too late yeah he was in murfreesboro signing Uh, i will see flair i'm gonna see him at some point you have to i've met him a couple times and 
You just owe it to yourself. Yeah, I'm the, it's it, worth it. Yeah, I'm just the ultimate Flair fan. Do you know that um, I've never seen Vince McMahon get that emotional when he as he did on this documentary of Andre the Giant? Whenever he was asked how the death affected him and he couldn't talk. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's no crying in wrestling. But, uh, wow, man. Vince has never been more emotional, and it was zero work. I mean, it was a shoot. Yeah, he was legitimately choked up. And I think he feels bad for the the way that everything went down. You I, know, Andre put a lot, uh, a lot of the blame of his body and scheduling and and i guess he and and i don't know what all the conflicts were but i do know that andre did have conflict with uh with mcmahon at some level it was interesting that uh, when they when they asked vince about the last time he talked to andre and he made some reference to the fact that that vince Mm. has this ability to 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 shut out the negative things to just forget them he he's, he couldn't remember the last conversation they had. Think about that. If he's being legit, to know that I can't remember. See, I can remember anyone who was a hero to me. My aunt Nancy, who passed away. I remember the last time I saw her. I remember the last time I talked to her. Uh, to think I don't remember, and if he has this ability, which I would believe it so. With the way that people have left the company, trashed him, and he brings them back. Right. You have to think, Bret Hart, for instance, you have to think he does have the ability to block out a lot of the these negative endorphins or whatever we can call them. Whatever the brain uh, creates to help you store that emotion. Uh, he, he apparently has a workaround. I, I'd like to believe that he has that, but, you know, as choked up as he got, there's some part of him that remembers. <laughs> Even if it's not his he mind, he he, there's to. part of him that, that is deeply affected by what happened. He has to. Has to remember. Any final thoughts about the documentary, other than it was amazing? I wish it were an hour longer. It was one of those that it was ended too, too short. soon. And yeah. I really wish it were, uh, you know, a two-hour two-hour deal I, I can't remember how long it was but I, I think it was more like a 90 minute yeah 90 minute ish mm-hmm. uh, but uh, was better than the I really liked it better than the flare 30 for 30 and as big as a flare fan that I am I think that Ric Flair's health in the media at the time that you you know right before 30 for 30 dropped I think that it kind of affected it a little bit with me uh, because I didn't feel I didn't feel like I got enough of Ric Flair. There was a lot of cartoony stuff in it, and I, I would have rather I don't know I would have rather seen more. So I like the uh, the thirty for thirty was great, without a doubt. Anything Ric Flair is great, but this documentary was very emotional, heart wrenching, and one day there'll be one for Ric Flair like this. Sure, I do think the. The, the 30 for 30 was very high on um, production value, mm-hmm. and uh, Andre's documentary was a lot more heart. Yeah, and I like it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Andre the Giant will, will have, has a, I think he has a special place in all of our hearts. 
any wrestling fan. Sure. And he does mine. And uh, I saw him sweat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that his butt was so <laughs> wide that it took him a full 13 minutes to walk by me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm accurate. It was like, there's his butt, and his butt's continuing, and and there's his butt. Okay, there's the other half of his butt. I mean, it, the dude was so big. I was just a kid, and my brothers, uh, I was preteen, and my brothers were older, and we just stood there with our mouth open like, what? And it frightened me to where I had I got in my seat. It frightened me. And I, I had a pretty good idea wrestling was not 100% real, but it didn't matter. It frightened me. That was how big he was, man. Wow. And to know that, to know that uh, he's made such a big impact in this business, the business that we love, and that he continues to be revered and important enough for there to be a documentary from HBO. So yes. that's great. Don, thanks again. We've done this again. We've made it three. <laughs> <laughs> Three strikes and we're out, or we're going to keep this thing going. Right on. Get get with us on Facebook, the Run-In Wrestling Podcast. We're going to be coming to iTunes soon, as well as uh, all of your podcast outlets. We'll sneak in as many of them as we can. Some other podcasts that you should check out is the new Jim Ross Report. Ah. The Ross Report is no more. He's changed to uh, from Podcast One to Westwood One. And he has had his first episode. Bruce uh, Mitchell was, uh, or I'm sorry, Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> there, there is a Bruce Mitchell in this business, but uh, Bruce Pritchard was uh, was a guest, and he talked about mania and had some great stuff. So go check out the Jim Ross Report, and also uh, I thought it was very, uh, very cool that Conrad Thompson and Bruce Pritchard from uh, Something to Wrestle With podcast, which is great, are now going to be on the WWE Network. Yes, I saw that. That's great. That's good. So good for them. I've, I've, I don't know that I've missed a podcast since that started. And it was actually the number one sports podcast in 2017. Wow. Think about that. Of all sports, basketball, football, baseball, MMA, what boxing, Anything, hockey, the number one podcast of uh, of the year was a wrestling podcast. I believe it. Everybody loves wrestling. And you're going to love it enough to be here next time. So make sure to like our Facebook page, which is The Run-In Wrestling Podcast on Facebook, and stay tuned for more stuff from us. Bye, Dawn. 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 Two, two syllables. Two syllables. Dawn. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia didn't end this episode saying I was prostituted. <laughs> 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 <laughs>